It's all about Amron Gas today on Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world, this is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm James Owen, the Executive Director of Renew Missouri, here in the palatial Renew Missouri studios here in Columbia, Missouri, uh, on the boards. Matt Patterson. Matthew, hello. James, how are you? I'm doing well. You look great. Oh, as always. Um, And also... Uh, one of our uh, irregulars here on uh, Renew Gurus is Tim Opitz, General Counsel. <laughs> Glad to be here. Well, it's 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 gr- it's it's great to be here. It's uh, it's a little bit of a mild August day, um, but we got a lot going on. Even though it's kind of like the summer's kind of wrapping up, wrapping up, and things are winding down, and uh, we've got a lot going on here at Renew Missouri, don't we? As always, yeah, we've got a lot going on. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we I barely could get you away from your desk just to do this. Um, but I think the one thing I want to talk about, because this is something that I don't think we've talked about in the year or so we've been doing this, uh, but we um, we just settled a case with Ameren Gas. Ameren Gas um, is part of Ameren, Missouri. Uh, you have their electric service, but you also have their gas service. If you're, like, say, in Columbia... Where does Ameren Gas go? Do we do we we kind of have an idea of their their uh, their imprint in Missouri? They're in yeah in the Columbia area. They go. I think they have some service territory outside of uh, St. Louis, but largely that's Spire Spire in the St. Yeah. Louis area. But yeah, I, I would say the largest area is uh, Columbia. Yeah. Okay. So they are. I mean, so if you live in Columbia, you may get your power. You may get your electricity from. Uh, the city, uh, but you would get your gas services if you have gas services from Ameren. Now, uh, they came in. Um, now, I guess the first question we should uh, ask, or the first question we should bring up is, why in the world is a group called Renew Missouri interested in an Ameren gas case? Tim, comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that our main interest is to uh, support people using less energy, mm, right? Right. So even though natural gas is a fossil fuel, yes. um, we are supportive of the energy efficiency programs or the weatherization programs that would enable the company to burn less gas. Aha! Uh-huh. Yes. the customers to burn Be- less gas. Because even though the, the name doesn't suggest it, Renew Missouri does not only work on renewable energy policy, we work on energy efficiency policy, which is becoming more and more a, the biggest part of what we do. We do a lot of that. Yes. We do a lot of that. And, I mean, I know that you do a lot of work on these cases. Andrew, out of our St. Louis office, does a lot of work on this. His focus is more on uh, low-income programs. So so I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, the rate case structure. Now, Ameren, gas, if they want to raise their rates, they want to change the way they administer things, they're just like anybody else that are regulated by the Public Service Commission. They've got to get permission from the Public Service Commission to do that, correct? That's right. So just like any other uh, electric case, they have to file a gas rate case that talks about a number of the programs, and it's audited by the parties. This case was a little different because of Ameren voluntarily had 
uh, rate reduction due oh. to the... 2016 tax cuts. Okay, so this is part of the tax. Uh, we, we've talked about that before, um, that when the big tax cut was passed in 2017 at the federal level, a bunch of electric companies came in and they had to get, uh, they had to basically ask for a reduction that kind of was a measure to that tax reduction, correct? That's right. And then that was sort of looked at in this case to, to try and make sure they got that reduction right. Okay, so there. Okay, so there's two sections of this. There is the uh, the rate. There's the rate revenue section, which, as you said in this case, they're trying to uh, they were going to reduce rates. But then there's also the way they they put those rates in the practice. I mean, we call it rate design. Yeah. Right? So in in a typical case, we've got the two aspects: the revenue requirement, which is all of their costs, including their return on their capital on their investment to provide service to people. Right. Um, and then you've got rate design, which is basically how they're going to collect that money from all yeah. the various customers. And it depends on if you're an industrial customer or a commercial customer or a residential customer. And there's even a consideration for low-income customers. Is that right in gas cases? Or maybe it's not in gas cases, is it? So in Empire's um, electric case, that's the, that's the only one that comes to mind. Empire Electric has a pilot program related to low-income customers getting a reduction on their customer charge. I can't recall if there was a special rate for general low-income customers. Of course, there's low-income programs, but, right. but just a, a low-income rate um, hasn't really been pursued uh, broadly. Now, yeah, and, and also with these rate cases, is that, is that where these energy efficiency programs are funded? Is that a big part of this? Particularly on the gas side, yes. Yeah, okay. On the electric side, we do have uh, the MIA statute, which allows electric utilities to file a case outside of a rate case mm -hmm. and um, design their energy efficiency portfolios. But for gas, we do all of that within the rate case. Within the rate case. So those, I mean, while I, I mean, a lot of people, people here will say that electric cases are the most complicated, but there is a lot of activity that goes on with a gas rate case. In front of the PSC. Yeah, they're all as complicated as the next. Um, electric, especially so because there's a lot of new technologies. You know, you've got electric vehicle charging stations. You've got right. subscriber programs. You've got a number of different um, emerging issues or issues that have We use electricity for more stuff, don't we? Right. And, and electricity are generally higher dollar cases. So that's what, you know, gets gets the headlines in the local papers, right? Yeah, and so with energy efficiency programs, I mean, we have, I mean, do we distinguish between low-income energy efficiency programs with regular programs, or how does that work in those cases? In the in the Ameren gas case, um, there was some distinction between the low-income programs and right. the regular programs. Usually it's related to the budgets. Um, yeah. And so in this case, uh, in the stipulation agreement, all the parties agreed that Ameren would maintain its current funding level. Yeah. And uh, certain portions of that funding would be allocated to um, income-eligible multifamily projects. Uh -huh. That was something advocated for by National Housing Trust in this case. Ah, which National Housing Trust, that is a group that we represent or that we represented in this case, is it not? Yeah, Andrew uh, has represented them for a number of years and... Um, I think he's helped them get results and positively influenced the way that our utilities are offering 
multifamily income eligible programs. Yeah, yeah, I know he's represented him. Spire Gas had a case a couple of years ago when I first started here. He was, I think that's kind of when we started our relationship with them. But he's also represented them with some of the energy efficiency cases uh, that the electric companies have um, filed, and we've advocated for that. So, okay, so. I mean, I guess, you know, one somebody, someone out there might think, well, why don't we just make rates for poor people less instead of going through all these energy efficiency programs? I mean, what's what's the thinking behind all this? Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you for a loop. Well, I, I think that <laughs> I think that there have been efforts in the past to have a specific um, low income provision for all rates, whether it be okay. water and sewer um you know, natural gas or electric. Um, I think that that has probably struggled to get through in the legislature um, or otherwise because there is some, some people argue that it's a fairness issue that, you know, if you're incurring these costs, you should pay for the costs that, right. that you incur. Right. Um, there are other states who have sort of uh, lifeline rates. Uh So your lowest block will be either, you know, lower than the theoretical cost of service, um, allowing people to continue to have water in their home. Yeah. if they can't afford it. Plus, it's also a question of like, where do you draw that line? What's considered low income? What isn't for the purposes of doing these kind of programs? That's always a challenge. Yeah, it's very much a, you know, a gray area in the policy, balancing the policy interests. Right. Available. Yeah. So, so, but 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 in the current structure we have, there are, I'll say, levers we can pull to ah. make it easier or make it um, uh, make low income customers more able to remain on their uh, utility bill and continue to making some payments um, to remain to take the service or to even just use less energy, right. which can lower their bill. Right? Yeah. I mean, so I mean, the short answer is basically the law isn't set up to do that. That's right. Okay, <laughs> which I mean that, and that's one of the reasons. But we do have, uh, we do have rules, regulations, laws that encourage energy efficiency programs, um, and so that's where we. I mean, I mean that is where ultimately I where Renew Missouri does a lot of our focus on these cases. Safe to say, on, on the gas side for sure. But I think that we're also focused on just general energy efficiency. Um, you know, we're interested in. Uh, the customer charge generally uh, in all of these cases, uh, meaning that you're not going to have this uh, large customer charge so that no matter how much energy energy you use, your bill will remain high. We right. would be like a low customer charge, so you have an incentive to use less energy. Right. And the customer charge, I mean, this is something that we'll probably be talking a lot when we talk about the Airman Electric rate case, which is in front of the Public Service Commission right now. The Liberty Utilities electric weight rate case is in front of regulators right now. The customer charge is basically there is a fixed charge that you have to pay every month on your Ameren gas bill, right? That's right. And is it right now? I mean, before this was filed, was it like what, 15, 16 bucks it a was month? $15 a 15. month for a residential customer. Now, for general service or industrial customers, it's larger. Yeah. But um, most of the customers, by sure, sheer number of customers are residential. Well, let's talk to the average Joe out there who is just a residential customer. It's like 15 bucks. Now, did Ameren have a proposal to raise that? They were seeking to raise it to $19. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. Well, (laughs) sorry. 
I mean, I yeah, I, I I don't know if you're being facetious or not, but that is well, that is a, a lot of money. It is an impact. Yeah. Yes, it and, is. And I mean, and it's something that you as a customer would have no control over. You could. Am I being facetious? Could, what do you think I am? Some sort of snob? <laughs> well, you are wearing a blazer. I am. I've had like I've had stuff. I've had like important meetings today so far. <laughs> I've got an important thing I got to do this afternoon when I drive to St. Louis after this because that's how much I care about this podcast. No, I mean like when you ever you add anything to a regular bill, it does eat into other expenses. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And, you know, and we would argue that this is. <laughs> Customer charge is an area where we overlap with um, our former workplace, the Office of Public Counsel. Oh, bit, yes, uh, yes. Because they are interested in, you know, customers' ability to pay their bills and manage their expenses, right. as are we. But we also think about it because yeah. it gives customers more control over their bills. Well, because, I mean, you have, like, basically, I mean, fix, I mean, the idea is, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, the idea is with a customer charge or fixed charge, is that supposed to be going to things like infrastructure, pipes, just general things that that don't change over the course of when people use how much how much gas they use. There is another aspect of that that there's a volumetric charge that is applied whenever you use a certain amount of gas. And I think it's safe to say that people like Renew Missouri, what we would like to see if we're talking about energy efficiency, is more of your bill measured based on what you use versus just some fixed rate. Yeah. Yeah, we, we think that it encourages conservation when the amount of your bill is tied to the amount you pay for. That's right, to, to the amount you use, right? That you use, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so, and, and to the extent that, yeah, I mean, like, Office of Public Council, which is a ratepayer advocacy group that's, uh, that's uh, run through the state, yeah, they, they want to try to see prices remain low. That's one of their big objectives there. And that's and that's their objective. Our objective is that we want to see people be encouraged to be efficient, to be uh, to be conservation minded. Uh, but it, in this case, that's one of those things where we kind of see eye to eye, just for different reasons. Definitely. Yeah. So they were wanting to increase that, and I'm not being facetious when I say that that's a lot because um, you also because you remember these these are on top of the consumer charges you pay for your electricity for your water, for your sewer. I mean, like all those things have fixed charges versus variable charges, what we call them in a uh, undergraduate business class. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, variation and complicated things that go into getting your essential services. Well, this is all very complicated, yeah. I mean, so, and so, but that was a big uh, factor for this, and, and it's uh, this customer charge. I mean, were there any other things that Amron Gas was proposing that you think would be uh, interesting for our gurus out there to know? <laughs> uh, so, the, yeah, this case uh, was, you know, we saw a million-dollar uh, rate reduction. Um, yes. We saw uh, a continuation of their energy efficiency funding uh -huh. um, at, the, at current levels, uh, which may sound bad, but there were a number of parties who were saying to get rid of it. So oh my goodness, is a positive step here. Well, let's stop there for a second on that. Who are these villains <laughs> that wanted well, to get rid of energy efficiency well, programs? I, I don't know that I would call them villains. I, I will. So Office of Public Counsel was one of them. Um, Villain. And, and it was really more uh, <laughs> an allocation issue, right? So they wanted more money to go towards weatherization. I think that mm. there has been some concern that um, 
you know, maybe if we have these energy efficiency measures or rebates, um, people might be putting them into new homes, mm. right, and using that rebate if it's, ah. not, if it's not otherwise restricted. So in a way, you're sort of uh, cementing in this fossil fuel. Yeah. So that was one concern. Another concern was they, they just hadn't been spending the budget. So mm-hmm. built into their rates was this $700,000 per year right. which they had been collecting. And but they weren't for, spending seven hundred thousand years. They hadn't been spending that, right. right? So, wouldn't that be a concern for us as well? That 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 was a concern. Now, so there was a regulatory. Liability I hope we brought that up. That what? That we were concerned about that. That they should spend it. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah. Yes. Okay. And just so checking. That's, that's in the stipulation <laughs> that they're going to spend that. But so it, it didn't okay. just go away. It wasn't yeah. like it went into you know the pockets of 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 the utility shareholders. Um, there, because there was a or fat cat executives, or as fat we like cat to say, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, they had a regulatory liability, which yeah. meant they had to track those dollars to be well, yeah, okay, to be wait returned a eventually in a, in a future rate. Case. You talk about regulatory liability. We want to make sure that we explain to the fine people out there what that means. Um, so, <laughs> what's a what is a regulatory liability, Tim Opitz? Um. Well, it's an accounting term. Twenty seconds. Uh, and you, it's something. It's an obligation that the utility 15. owes, rather than okay. a regulatory asset, which is a <laughs> yeah, go the ahead. opposite. Yeah. So I mean, basically, we're talking about how we keep track of this in their. Bo- I mean, I mean, this is going to sound like a simple, dumb way of putting it, but it's the way you keep track of it in their bookkeeping. That's like right. how you how you track this. So this budget, this energy efficiency budget of seven hundred thousand dollars, that was not being spent. Uh, we were we had, we were trying to deal with that and trying to figure out how that's going to be dealt with. But I mean, is there anything we can do to make the utility companies spend that money every year? Not necessarily. No. What? I mean, we could incentivize them to do it. Oh. Um, how about that? They have an order from the Public Service Commission. Is that not it? incentive enough? Well, <laughs> the way that a number of these programs, particularly energy efficiency programs, right now are designed is they're rebates. Yes. You have to have some customer on the other side willing to put forward that um, their portion of the cash. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they could have a pays program that might make Ooh. it easier for customers to do that. Um, you know, that's something we've worked on on the electric yeah. side. On the electric side. So let's get back to this allocation issue. You mentioned something about weatherization versus this budget. I mean, and I think this is something that we talked about when we were at public council. It's something we've talked about with public council now that we're, you know, kind of. On, on different teams with this. I mean, but weatherization is basically that, I mean, that is a form of energy efficiency, is it not? But that's where you're going in and trying to make sure that like houses have proper insulation, that the windows are properly sealed. I mean, isn't that what weatherization is in a nutshell? Yeah, it's, a, it's another way of making sure that people use less energy. Yeah. And they're not wasting it, right? But they're isn't that wasting. energy efficiency too? Yeah, that is. Um, it's been for various, uh, you know, Reasons it's been carved out as a separate section. Okay. Um, so, so we don't we, have anything against that, though. No. What we no, and what we did in this case is um, that regulatory liability we just talked yes. about. Yes. Had this accumulated balance, and so that is going to be dedicated towards weatherization. I see. Where the utility has not had a problem spending its weatherization dollars. Okay. So I guess the idea is, well, they'll spend that. It's going to cause the most energy savings if we move it to that account where they've. Uh, been able to spend it. I see. Okay. So the, the argument that Office Public Council has and that Renew Missouri has about weatherization versus energy efficiency, it's it's really, 
I mean, we're really talking about kind of accomplishing the same goals, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. So they're not really the bad guy, no, even though not. I called them a villain. They're not the bad guy. Okay. No, I know. <laughs> I, I don't want to suggest that uh, anyone listening at the Office of Public Counsel, and I know you might be, that we think you're bad. So I hope you, uh, I hope you uh, continued listening after I said that. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, well, so, so then the other main thing of note in this case... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, ...is um, a, I guess, a weatherization and conservation adjustment. So okay. in our stipulation, we called it the VERN, which is a volume Ooh. indifference reconciliation to normal. You know where that reminds me of a little bit. I don't remember know. like how a couple of weeks ago we had the Ernest uh, P. World <laughs> joke. Yes. No, I don't want to get into this, but like, you know, know what I mean, Vern? Is that, I don't want to say we're going to call this podcast that, <laughs> but it just, okay. So, okay. Remind me again, because I was literally just thinking about Ernest P. World when you started saying that. What's a Vern stand for? Volume indifference reconciliation to normal. Oh but, my gosh, but, what is that? But uh, Amron's rates that they filed, and they talked about this at the on the record, they're going to call it a delivery charge adjustment writer or a DCA. Well, I like Vern better. Why do they want to call it something different? I think because um, people are familiar with a delivery charge in their rates uh, and you know, you I'd like to hear from our 10 listeners if that's the case. <laughs> a burn is a new thing, and I think it would just be more complicated to introduce a new acronym to customers' bills. Because one thing we need more of in this world, I think, is more acronyms. Don't you well, think? Well, that one's not even a TLA. That's a oh. four-letter acronym. Oh, that would be an FLA. A yeah. four-letter acronym. Am I am I doing my spelling correctly? <laughs> you were kind of quite. You you had a look like you were questioning that for a second. Well, that's true. Avern. Yeah. So okay. So so whatever we're calling it, what does it do precisely? It's in a way meant to make the utility indifferent to um, conservation or weather adjustments. Um, and when we say indifferent, we don't, we're not saying that like the utility companies don't care. I mean, but like, I mean, one of the challenges you have when you do energy efficiency work, as we do, is utility companies make money when they sell gas or sell electricity. And so they would tend to not want to pursue conservation or efficiency efforts because they're, they're selling less, right? They're selling less. So and that's what you're talking about. Right. So yeah. in different in terms, you know, on the, on the electric side, we have MIA, which actually goes further than removing that disincentive to do it. Yes. It also gives them an earnings opportunity. Because right? they can make a rate of return the same way they would if they were building like a coal plant. Yeah, it can yeah. make them more than whole. Yeah. And so um, they like an that. But, yeah. but on the gas side, we don't have that yet. And yet <laughs> it's um, it might be coming, folks. And it's uh, <laughs> more about removing this, I guess, variability or um, detriment to the utilities earnings if they're pursuing these programs or even things beyond their control, like adverse weather. Right. Right. And so we would be decoupling it, would we not? Uh, yes, in a way. Because we I have mean, a decoupling, decoupling like, concept, right? right? It's, 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 yeah, so it, the basis is what I would call the, the decoupling provisions in law um, at um, 266, 386-266. But it basically says Of the revised Missouri statutes. You can have a rider that will increase or decrease outside of a rate case 
um, due to variations in usage related to weather, conservation, or both. Okay. So the Vern or the delivery charge <laughs> adjustment rider is meant to do that. Yeah, okay. So, but I get the concept because, like, basically, we, there is aspects of the law. There's a statute that says we are trying to encourage gas companies to, to do efficiency, to do conservation, and that's what this Vern or DCA is, right? Did yes. I say DCA? Is that right? DCA. I'm still hung up on the Vern thing. I'm just, I'm going to be honest. I still am kind of thinking about that. I think there are people who prefer that, but you know, I do. That's... If I have a say. I didn't know this was something we could, uh, <laughs> I didn't know this was something that we could, uh, we could negotiate. I should have called Tom Byrne <laughs> at Ameren and said, hey, I want to make sure we call this the Vern. Um, wow, where was I? Okay, so, <laughs> so you keep talking about the stipulation. Right. Which suggests, okay, so one, one thing it's always good to remind people about with these rate cases, uh, whether it be electric or gas, we have to go through all the discovery, we have rounds of written testimony, uh, we have legal arguments that are presented, and then we usually have a hearing on this. But in this case, we settled this a, couple, a, a, a little bit back ago, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit before the hearing. So we didn't actually have a hearing. We did have an on-the-record um, where yes. the parties presented their positions on the sti various stipulations right. to the commission. Yeah. Because we were supposed to have, like, what was it, like, two weeks hearing on this? Yeah, it was scheduled for two weeks, but usually... We I mean, go... folks, these things take a long time. They're time-intensive. They're time-intensive, sure. and which means also expensive for the utility company to undertake. Which ratepayers will pay for. Which ratepayers will pay for. Usually. So. Usually. Most of the time. <laughs> well, that, I mean, there's been... <laughs> yes, they will pay for it. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be... I don't want to be trying to mislead people. But, I mean, okay, so... So, we had... I mean, I remember it was like kind of... We were, we were kind of cutting it close. Cause, I mean, we had a lot of conversations, a lot of phone calls, a lot of meetings. Um, Ameren Utilities upset at me because they thought that we had said one thing when we really said something else and because they misheard us, thought we were uh, changing our minds. I mean, this is what happens in these cases. Like, we're trying to settle it. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of money involved. And so, we just... It took time to settle a case. Yeah, it takes time. I mean, it takes... It, it, I guess you just described the nature of settlement, right? You're, ah, you're I did. It's the deadline of... Yeah. Of, of doing whatever it is and people are going back and forth and you're trying to ultimately get on the same page. Yeah. Because if you don't have mutual understanding, then you don't really have an uh, agreement, right? Because, I mean, because I mean, when you talk about settling a case, I mean, you have to think of it like a contract. Every party has got to get something out of it in order for it to be valid. And isn't that why the Public Service Commission has to have an on-the-record hear on hearing to hear the positions on the stipulation to make sure that everyone's kind of on the same page, Right. They don't have to, but a lot of times they do, particularly when there are, um, you know, this case is a natural gas case. So the most recent natural gas case for another company was Spire's gas case. Yeah, which was a they, big case. They also had a uh, weatherization sort of adjustment. And the... That, that was the IRS calling me, by the way. In that case, it was different than... Uh, <laughs> Uh, than, than what was agreed to in this case. So I think that's part of the reason why the commission wanted to have it on the record in here. Uh -huh. You know, I think they really believe that when 
you can have consistency in regulation, that's something to strive for. Ah. But um, if you're going to deviate from a past practice, you should be able to articulate a good reason to do I so. I see. And so the Vern is different than what <laughs> Spire had. And so the parties had to get together and explain to the commission why we were going forward that way. Okay. But they can't approve uh, stipulations without an on the record. Right. But and I they mean, do regularly. Yeah. But I mean, if there's something unusual, I mean, they have questions at these. If they have questions, that's a good reason to have an on-the-record hearing. Yeah, and they don't. the commission doesn't have to approve any agreement. The commission could say, no, we want to hear your evidence, and we're going to craft our own um, order here. Now, Tim, I know we haven't – I mean, you've been doing this longer than me. Uh, has that ever happened in your time here, or can you recall if that's ever happened? I, where, I, a, where a court – where the PSC has said, we reject this settlement, you all have reached? I can't recall. Wasn't there some um, – Something like that in the Spire case, gas case? Uh, was there? I mean, I know we... Right, well, listen, I know... Okay, so in Spire, we had that trial. We had that hearing in December of 2017. It was actually... I think you couldn't be involved with it because you had left public counsel to come work here. And Andrew was on that case. Um, and, I, I, and I can't remember. I don't think... Did we have that settled? I don't remember. But, I mean, um, I know there were a lot of moving parts there and that we had to try it. That there was a full hearing on it. Right. But I don't remember if it was because the commission said we had to. I don't remember. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, next time on Renew Generally, Hearings. they approve them. If it's, <laughs> yes. if it's okay. unanimous or not objected to, they'll approve them. Wow. Listen to how much I know about my like this work I do that I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll look into it, folks. Uh, we'll get to it at Renews next week, maybe, if I remember. Um, so... We have this hearing, uh, so let's let's make sure we have all this squared away. We are going to have energy efficiency, a budget that's not going to change from what it has been, correct? That's right, and they're going to try really hard to spend it all oh. each year. <laughs> did they did they pinky swear to that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, more or less. More or less. Okay. Um, but uh, now on the consumer charge, I want to get back to this. Um, that's not increasing. That is not increasing. They and I, I'll, I'll say this to public counsel: they 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 held to that pretty strongly, and they got and 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 Amron relented on it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to say like anything bad. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some might argue that Amron was wanting some other things, and they got that, and they saw it as something they could negotiate away. I don't know, but um, we got the energy efficiency. We didn't see the consumer charge change. It didn't go down, but it didn't change. I see that as a victory. And we got this conservation and weatherization tracker, writer, Vern, DCA thing. Right. And those are all big successes. I think so. I think those are... Sell huge. this a little bit. <laughs> yes, those are those are huge wins. Oh, good. Okay. In I case you're listening, we need money. All right. Great, um, great for... Yeah, it's great for efficiency. <laughs> it's great for conservation. It's great for rate payers um, uh -huh. who can participate in these programs. And, you know, the, the rider is good for the utility because it's, yeah. they're not going to lose money. That's right. Um, and, and so, you know, ultimately the PSC has to balance the interest of the utility, the ratepayer, uh, these environmental concerns, and, uh, you know, that we bring up. And I think they did a pretty – I think this document did a pretty good job with that. It was a good stipulation. And the Public Service Commission approved that. 
on uh, the 21st of August. Uh, we are recording this on a Thursday, on the 22nd, so that was yesterday. Right. Um, is there anything else that has to be done on this case that uh, before all this goes into effect? Um, well, now we have to just wait for the order to become effective and the tariffs to become effective. But there was a uh, separate agreement related to the school board associations um, where there is some work, some work that has to be done there. Wait a minute. Okay, so the school board association, um, that's a, a group based out of Jefferson City that represents all the, all the school boards in Missouri? No, just a, what? a selected few who oh. are their members. Well, I hope you're selected out there. Um, <laughs> what was, what, 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 well, what B was in their bonnet, Tim Opitz? Um, so they <laughs> have a statute that's about... 17 or 18 years old, mm. that allows them to purchase or, um, I guess, nominate their gas purchases. And so they're essentially purchasing at kind of a wholesale rate um, for the cost of gas. Oh, I see. Uh, they pay a balancing fee to the utility if they have to um, buy more or buy less, basically if they're wrong. Okay. So the school boards and the company and the staff and public council said, um, we want to have this pilot where we're going to keep track of certain information um, and try and help you and your nomination process become more accurate. Okay. That's basically what, what that agreement was about. And so there are... So is this only for a select group of school boards? This is not for every school board. This is for the school boards in, in the Ameren Gas. Gas Territory who are members of MSBA. My goodness. Right. What, a, what an august elite group. Yes. Do we know who they are? I don't know their okay. the, the school, particular school <laughs> boards. I, I, I know that not every school board is a member of it. So. Okay. So there is like there is a little bit of quibble over that deal, and they're still working on it. So, yeah, so that'll be um, resolved, I think, soon. I think they talked it'll be a couple months before they get the tariffs sorted out for that. Okay. Um, at the on the record. So that's a, that is going to be a special tariff that has nothing to do with the tariff that came as a result of the stipulation. No, right? it won't impact uh, residential customers. It won't impact the general service customers. Just these school boards. Just these school boards. That are in Amber Gas Territory that are represented by the MSBA. That's right. Ah, my goodness. Again, another uh, layer of onion skin we have to peel through here, isn't it? It's amazing, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the different niches of legislation that get through at various times <laughs> yeah. for certain groups. Folks, when you wonder why things don't get done quicker in Jefferson City, that's a good example of it because we have these laws that are very tailored to very specific people under very specific circumstances, and then we have to spend a lot of time trying to unravel all that, right? That's right. Okay. I mean, you can say, like, throw the bums out and everything else, but, I mean, it's just it's, – it's complicated business. Right. You want people involved who um, are familiar with the processes. And I know before the On the Record, uh, the counsel for the MSBA was talking about how he had been practicing before 57 different commissioners at the Public Service Commission. So he's been there for quite a while. Uh, trying to do the math on this. All right, so there's five commissioners, and they all have six-year terms. I think I counted eight for myself, eight different commissioners. Okay, um, uh, that's probably right for me too. He had been um, fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. That's it. How long? So you had eight. So like, how many? How many years have you been doing this? Oh, five years or so. Okay, years. so he could have been doing this for forty years. Yeah. If we we're going to extra extrapolate, well, I mean, 
that's not. I mean, like if you've been practicing law since you were in your mid twenties and you're sixty five now, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Like I'll probably practice till I'm dead. dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, ending on a high note. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, and for all your estate planning needs, call no. Um, well, is there anything other than your impending doom, Tam, that you'd like to, uh, to tell the the, the uh, listeners about? I think we've got uh, a number of CLEs that we had a great uh, year of them so far. Oh yes. And, um, you know, we worked really hard to put those presentations together and give the presentations. Um, I think we're going to do the same thing again this year. Yes, so we are. If you're listening out there, uh, sign up for those. Yeah, okay, yeah, because you can sign up. We have, uh, we're doing our real CLE uh, packages if you're a law firm and you have multiple people in your law firm that could enjoy 12 hours of CLE credit, including uh, two hours of ethics credit, which are hard to get. Um, today, I'm driving to St. Louis to do a CLE to a group of lawyers in St. Louis uh, that involves pace, which is a topic that we talked about with Byron DeLear about a month ago. Uh, we'll be doing that in Jefferson City next Tuesday uh, at noon, from noon to one, at the Chamber of Commerce offices there on Capitol Avenue. So if you have any in- interest in that, you can uh, contact me. It's 75 bucks. And we are also, folks, I don't want to get anyone too excited, but uh, we are working on, there is a new requirement to do an hour of diversity and cultural um training uh, as, a, as a lawyer. And I have been talking to a very special guest who might be doing that for us. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. What a tease. And maybe if you're a member of the real CLE group, you'll get that for a really special, uh, really special deal. So we're still working on that. I can't really disclose it just yet, but when we do, it is going to be really, uh, I think it's going to be pretty neat. Um, so yes, and we're also in the middle of our fundraising drive right now. Um, we had a really great Renew and Brew event in St. Louis last week. Uh, we're planning on doing a Renew and Brew in, uh, Springfield at the end of the month We're oh, you know, I just realized we're talking about doing a Renew and Brew in St. Joseph before that in the middle of September. So, um, look for information about that. Um, if you like what you hear on this web, on this podcast, share it on your social media feeds. Uh, subscribe to it on iTunes and uh, Spotify. Wait, what is it? Spotify? It's not Spotify. It is Spotify. Thank you, Matthew. We'll 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 fix that in post production. Um, and write a review if it's positive. And yes, we want to thank you for your support. We want to thank you if you've given money. And um, yeah, and if you uh, want to give more, well, then just go to our website, renewmo.org. On behalf of myself and Tim Opitz and Mr. Patterson over here, we want to thank you and we'll wish you a pleasant night and have a happy tomorrow.